of the Holy Gospel of Christ our King, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. I am in the headquarters again. Summon Jesus and ask him, Are you the King of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or do others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation, the chief priests, have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. I don't ask them. So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Every thoughtful person attempts to answer the question, why am I here? There are many mysteries in life, lots of things which we will never know, but the question, why am I here, is fundamental to what it means to be a human being. If I don't attempt to answer this question, then I will become increasingly dishonest about all other questions, all questions, about what is right, what is moral, what is worth doing, what is true, what is not true. All of these questions become relative, matters of convenience or expediency unless I answer the question, why am I here? Here is what Jesus said, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The scriptures make a bold claim about truth. They claim that truth, with a capital T, comes down from above. Now, coming down from above is just an expression. We do not mean that truth literally drops out of the sky. We just mean that truth is something which begins outside of us. Truth is bigger than we are. The New Testament claims that when we are separated from truth, our lives tend to become shallow, furtive, and anxious. When we embrace the truth, which is bigger than we are, we have come home. We may not be able to answer every question of life, but we have answered the big question of why we are here. Pontius Pilate is not just an historical figure. 
John's gospel uses Pilate as a symbol of a particular way of viewing life. This view says that the big questions of life are unknowable. All I can do is do the best that I can in this life while I can. Pilate knows that everything in life is a mixed blessing. All politics are just a little bit rotten. You do what you can, you play the game, you try to accomplish some good. All religion is a little bit hypocritical, but it might be helpful in some circumstances. All governments must occasionally hurt the innocent, occasionally distort the truth, or withhold information. The Gospel writer John, writing during the height of the Roman Empire, uses the symbol of Pilate to make a bold prediction. That prediction is that all that Pilate supports will one day end, and the gospel of Jesus Christ will go on for eternity. For John, Pilate is a symbol of what is wrong with every empire. As a result, the Roman Empire will end. The British Empire will end. As a matter of fact, from the Egyptians to the Babylonians, from the Persians to the Ottoman Empire, all of the world's great empires eventually end. But let's give Pilate his due. He knows that this is a dog-eat-dog world. In his own way, he takes evil seriously. On some level, I happen to believe we all know his arguments well, whether we express them consciously or not, because we still practice those arguments to this day. Collateral damage in times of war it's unfortunate, but it may be necessary to preserve our way of life. Since the 20th century, for every enemy combatant who is killed, over a thousand innocent civilians die. This is the cost of the greater good. Now, I'm not trying to depress you or make you angry. I don't want to enrage you this morning. That's not the point. I just want you to understand Pilate. Pilate will consider executing Jesus because even though Jesus is innocent, it is worth the price to preserve peace in the Middle East. Pilate follows the argument that is used to this very day for every Hamas rocket attack, for systems of apartheid and oppression in the West Bank, for every preemptive Israeli military strike and every Palestinian suicide bomber. It is for the greater good. The only problem with Pilate is that because he hasn't considered the bigger questions of truth, all moral decisions become for him transactional. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? So good Episcopalians know this. This is the last Sunday of the Christian year. According to the liturgical calendar, we have finished a year of hearing about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the post-resurrection teachings, considering his role for humankind. This Sunday, marks the end of that and prepares us for next Sunday, which is the beginning of Advent. 
when we look for the coming of the Messiah with hopefully a full and complete understanding of just what kind of Messiah this is that we are looking for. So today is the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King, or simply put, Christ the King Sunday. Uh, this day was instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1925 because of what he saw as the dissolution of the authority of Christ in modern society and the rise of secularism. And so he wanted all churches to be reminded that the lordship of Christ should affect every aspect of our lives. In recent years, there's been a move in Protestant circles to change the name of this Sunday to Reign of Christ Sunday, an acknowledgement that kingships carry a kind of pernicious taint of oppression and imperialism, and certainly Christ is not about that. But all four Gospels say that when Jesus was on trial before Pilate, the key issue for Pilate was about his kingship. That was the issue that was raised. In John's Gospel, the term comes up no less than nine times during Jesus' trial before Pilate. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. On the surface, it seems that he's let Pilate off the hook. Again, to this day, many critical issues can be avoided by suggesting that spiritual things are different from day to day things. Without thinking, sometimes we say and we inadvertently reinforce the idea that we can keep spiritual considerations out of our daily life. Separation of church and state, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God, probably one of the most misinterpreted passages in the entire New Testament. We often imply, again, perhaps without meaning, meaning to, that there's a concrete, day-to-day, common-sense reality. And then there's this other stuff. There's this stuff that we can agree on because it makes sense in our daily life, but it is different from the subjective, the personal, spiritual realities that exist in some intangible, nebulous, netherworld. Real is contrasted with ethereal. The irony is this, when Jesus is before Pilate, it is actually Jesus who is more in the real world than Pilate. John's Gospel says that Jesus was in the world until the very end, and he loved his own until the very end. One of Jesus' last acts, as you know, is to take a bowl of water and wash his disciples' feet, because somebody else, the the, the guest, uh, excuse me, the host of the meal, had forgotten to do this. So Jesus takes a bowl, he washes the feet. You also know that Pilate will also take a bowl of water, and he will wash his hands of this whole bloody affair. Two bowls of water. One symbolizes service to others, And the other bowl symbolizes not taking responsibility for the lives of those who are at the margins of society. The question of the good old country preacher 
is which bowl are you going to choose? Pilate is in the world, but he never really engages the most difficult questions of all. He floats above the great moral question of his day. As they say in the media, he looks down from 30,000 feet, detached and rational. In the presence of an innocent man facing a death penalty, he will still make a political calculation. In the Broadway musical, Man of La Mancha, a condemned man puts on a play for all the other wretched souls who are awaiting the Inquisition. The play is about Don Quixote. He's a deluded man, clearly out of his gourd, who believes he's a knight on a quest to make everything that's wrong about the world right. Twice in the musical, the song, To Dream the Impossible Dream, is sung. By the time it is sung for the last time, we are left with a question. Which is better, to see the world as it is, or to see the world as it ought to be? And if wishing to see it as it ought to be makes you a lunatic, is it better to be a lunatic? I have no doubt that Pilate saw Jesus as a lunatic, misguided and benighted. Based on this, one can make a logical argument that the entire Christian movement is a kind of mass hysteria. By the time the book of Revelation is written, we are given a vision for this mass hysteria movement, a vision of the kingdom which is to come, which says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Christ the King Sunday celebrates the full reign of Christ in the world. It acknowledges that whereas other kingdoms come and go, what is true will grow and build. The best of every civilization is preserved in Christ, and what falls short of Christ eventually falls away. It is for this reason that the church throughout history has taken the lead in ending child labor and slavery, and taken on projects like ending malaria in our lifetime, bringing an end to poverty worldwide, the church has built institutions of higher education, colleges, and professional schools. The church has started orphanages and hospitals and established emergency relief organizations. And if you despair about the world, let me just offer you a few statistics for perspective to show you what this lunatic fringe hysterical movement has accomplished. In the year 1800, Roughly 45% of the children of the world died before they were five years old, and this was worldwide. In 2015, the child mortality rate was down to 4.3%. In 1930, only 30% of the world could read. Today, 85% of the world can read. In 1950, 
Three quarters of the world lived in extreme poverty. As of 2016, the world poverty rate fell below 10% for the first time in history. Since yesterday, 130,000 people have risen above the poverty level, and tomorrow, another 130,000 will leave poverty behind forever. Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king. Those who see the world as it ought to be say, Oh yes, he is a king. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.